I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the box set pod. Uh, this is an OA part three special. Would you believe it? Three weeks on the OA. This, this will be another spoiler episode. So if you haven't watched the OA, I'm sorry. If like Pam... You haven't watched the OA, but you have listened to the spoiler, uh, then you're welcome anyway. Joining me again is, as usual, Jamie. This is Hello, Jamie. And we've got Matthew Wanders from London as well, the dream team that was here last week. Um, Last week was quite quite a dramatic episode uh, for me. Before we start, Pam, I'd just like to say thank you for emailing. I feel like we did it an injustice last week because the OA is a phenomenal piece of TV and when I listen back to it there were essentially we this this podcast is a critique and I think one of the points we were making last week overall was if you hold up something this artistic to critique it can't win it's like holding up a Van Gogh painting and going well the face is a bit weird you know Potentially. Well, I, I think we were a bit hard. Like, and I do, and because Pam, Pam, who emailed, has commented saying she won't be watching it yeah, based on off. the. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've put her off. Oh dear, we, that I, wasn't my intention. No, no, and I think I, my only real major criticism of it was the clunky way it handled certain like plot points in the final episode, but um, I still loved it. To yeah. uh, something now, Jamie couldn't handle Jamie Jamie and Matt kind of ganged up on me last week I, I don't remember this I had, gang, uh, you know. I think this is I remember my, it. This, this I really I, I had dreams about it it was yeah. great <laughs> see here it comes again here it comes again last week <laughs> I formed a theory during the podcast many times I form a theory and it's half baked and when I listen back I'm embarrassed this week I did listen back and and I couldn't believe the bullying that went on and and this, this is this is the, what you want about this. Is you just incite it. I mean, come on. This <laughs> is how it sounded in my head. What storytellers do is restore hope. That's um, not the message of this show. What are you talking about? <laughs> when I was young, <laughs> good I, grief. I, I never needed anyone. This is, it. this is just a sci-fi fantasy thing. It's yeah. Like, Making love. Was just for fun. Those days are gone. It's just a story. It's just a, a fictional world and, and a fantasy idea. Living alone. I think of all the friends I've known. They stumbled on a dance that can heal yeah. people. But when I dial the telephone, it's not about stories. Nobody's home. It's not about it's not about justifying you wasting your life as a writer. Wasting your life as a writer. Wasting your life as a writer. Believe me, believe me, there was there were better quotes than that. Trust me. For example, the Jamie quote that says 
you're looking at this too deeply. They don't want us to think about that. To which Matt says, this show is about what happens between the space between life and death. Like, that's like a simplistic yeah, version. Hold on a minute. No. Right. I want to make the point here. A lot of the points I was dismissing of yours were around you weren't happy with the way it handled the ALS situation Look, it was in a the show. very long podcast that was one thing you had issues with but the main thing was that i was my theorem was that these writers <laughs> created, <a> theorem now. <laughs> <laughs> these writers were trying to say though that the whole point of their thing was on some level that the telling of the story heals people that story heals things restores things i totally agree with that i'm sure that i was behind that what listen back to it <clears throat> to be fair i think you're tarring jamie with the same brush as me i think <laughs> no, you are you know because I, I i did jump on you for that because it's not that i did it's not even that i disagree with you it's just it's it's the manner in which you say it yeah i know in fact earlier in the podcast you actually <laughs> said it yourself in some form and then by the end i've just annoyed you jamie does disagree yeah. with me he just wanted to to get off the the Skype because it was too late. So he was just getting grumpy. However, I know <clears throat> I had a whole conversation the morning after. I couldn't get over this. I had a whole conversation with Russell, our writer slash actor friend, down Skype. And that's what we're going to play on this because some of the stuff Russell said was actually very interesting as well. A couple of things he said since, which aren't in this interview, which I think are uh, very interesting, are um, number one, why do you think the credits happened only when the story begins? Lighting, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was interesting. Candles. I was thinking about that. Lighting candles is a classic ritual of, of um, story, storytelling. Britt mm. Marlin said herself... God, this is like being in A-level media studies. <laughs> the story that she tells is interpreted by everyone listening, and uh, she was the one, and this is the direct quote from her, I think there's something really delicious in the mystery and questioning of the storyteller's truth. Certainly you can go back and forth on it. As an audience member, the boys are kind of your surrogate. I just think as the boys go back and forth, you do too. I think the place it kind of ultimately arrives at is that maybe it doesn't matter as much the details are true because there's some essential core that she's imparting that smacks of honesty. Whether part of the story is a metaphor or it is literal truth tends to matter less when you get to the end and see the DNA of the story contains something that this group needed. The restoration of the story. Howell was right. Thank you. Here's an entire podcast with someone who agrees with me. These are the lengths that I will go to uh, in order to... Oh, before I play this podcast, can I just play one of the highlights from it? <laughs> before you listen to it, here's... Russell's response to this central premise. That's that's what it is. That's not entirely, but that's in, that's what it is. That's one of the things that this program is saying. I mean, otherwise we might as well all pack it in now. Uh, actors, directors, writers, you know, we're storytellers. Why do we do it? It's not purely for entertainment. It's always a healing factor, isn't it? Cathartic. So, is Russell the guy we had on this podcast a while back? Yes, it is, yeah. I didn't like him then, and I don't like him now. <laughs> you know the you know the old saying, Howell. You know, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. I think the problem is with you. If you were the messenger, yeah. you'd shoot the messenger. You know, not because only would I like, shoot it, like, like Matt said. Mm. It's probably just that you're saying it. <laughs> 
The messenger. To be fair, when I said it, the messenger doesn't rewrite the message because he doesn't like the recipient. (laughs) I said, um, I said that if if that was what it was about, if 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 she was using the uh, if the OA is telling the story to heal the five people listening to it, Mm -hmm. and in fact the story is bollocks, Mm -hmm. then the whole thing for me just falls apart. Yeah, I don't think well, it's bollocks, though. I don't think it is bollocks what, that they were. Um, uh, well, I don't think that it is. It turns out all to be bollocks. Well, it's uh, a version of uh, the combined thing. It's it. It's all of well. Yeah, the reality of what happened is some version of what she's said. That's the. And can I just say that when we first started talking about the OA, I was the one who brought up the fact that this is about people coming together over storytelling. I was the first person to actually talk about that particular scene. (laughs) (laughs) God. So what you're about to hear is an interview with Russell about the OA. But let me just say this, let us all say this, Pam, I think what we did with DOA was we looked at an incredibly beautiful piece of art and we then stood on top of that piece of art and went, but what would we do differently? Um, so just because we managed to criticise it, I find this on the podcast a lot, we criticise the things that we love the most more. I think because the ending leaves so many questions yeah, and forget Alan, the ending and the whole thing leaves so many questions but if it's you a lovely journey honestly Pam it's a great journey to go on yeah. you won't regret it I certainly don't regret it I mean, loved it and I tell you what I'll be queuing up for season 2 right outside Netflix's head office yeah yeah me too it's a bit like holding up a beautiful song like David Bowie's Life on Mars and then going but what's he talking about there isn't life on Mars <laughs> it's a bit like doing that it's a beautiful. Interesting enough, actually, Pam. Uh, it's worth noting that we found seven brand new planets that could house human beings. That's right. It's true. Uh, have you heard that? So we, uh, mm. we mm. technically we can screw this one up now. We're allowed to just like <laughs> f with the place, aren't we? That's the deal, right? Uh, Russell would have a lot to doing. talk about that, but unfortunately, this is pre-recorded. Thank you, Pam. Watch the OA. Watch it, and then tell us at the end of it what the hell you made of it. But for now, here is some highlighted chats from the very odd but very wise Russell Goma. What happened on the podcast last night, I got uh, got destroyed and like in fact laughed at, scorned at by Matt and Jamie cause, yeah. because I made it, I made this theory. The, the, the kind of philosophy of this piece is that they are saying that story can heal, story can restore. The girl sits down tells a story to a bunch of people who all need healing in some way. Yeah. To the point that they are they feel whole again or, or able to and function as part, part of a team. Yeah. As as is seen when they, they do the, the gestures that would be assassin. Yeah. We're, we're left um, thinking, oh the story may not be true then. It was all made up. Because the books were found hidden under the bed and all that. Just made up or embellished upon. Yeah. There's also the fact that she was reading this book and said, trying to make sense of her story. And if something strange happened to me in, in a pyramid... You might get a book on a pyramid. On pyramids, find out what other people have said about it. True. Very true. But what we see in that part of that episode is the ambiguity of it. So we, we, we're meant to feel ambiguous about the, where they took place in all those events. And what else is there but that ritual of coming together and is definitely, definitely healing. Yeah. I... I I can't see what's wrong with that. It was obvious to me that that, that was what was going on. 
Well, exactly. I, I, mean, can't, I can't see what's yeah. wrong with it either, and I got I got bullied for it. Oh no, no, no! That's that's ridiculous. That's that's what it is. That's not entirely, but that's in, that's what it is. That's one of the things that this program is saying. I mean, otherwise we might as well all pack it in now. Uh, actors, directors, writers. You know, we're still each other's. Why do we do it? It's not purely for entertainment. It's always for. It's always a healing factor, isn't it? Cathartic or. Uh, yeah, and I, and and I think any thought that these people that they that they're not thinking that deeply about this, I think they totally are because I think walks the line of pretentiousness and and not. Yes. So I, the other thing I kept going on about was the ALS thing. Was the the idea that you can cure ALS as a result of this interpretive dance? Yes. Yes. I might not be the only thing going on here. In the Kabbalah, there's the belief that you have sacred geometry, sacred movements, sacred calls. Um, there's a thing called the Enochian calls. Angels respond to them. Also, gestures. They are, they are, they are these gestures. Some of the, the movements are recognized as being from ancient ritual magic. Huh? Right. Uh, lots of, there's lots of New Age beliefs about uh, harking back to the days of Atlantis and that there was a, something called the Merkaba, which is the use of sacred geometry. So the pyramids are built on sacred geometry. Yeah. The alignment that they are on the surface of of the earth and where exactly they are, all these things add up to a sacred geometry where it affects to bring about certain physical reactions. This is what they are they're talking about when they're on about the gestures. On Netflix actually there's a there's a series called The Pyramid Code. It looks to be about like archaeology, but it's, it's, a, it's about a lot more than that. It's well done. I'd watch a couple. I'd watch them alone for this one guy in it, right? So you know he's an archaeologist, yeah. but he's from that area. He was born and brought up in Giza, and as far as he's concerned, all his family have been for thousands of years. Right. And he speaks Suf, which is very rare, and it is the old language of Egypt. So he says. <laughs> and he's a wonderful character. You look at him, and he's not pompous, and like he's all these other doctor. And this guy just looks like somebody you'd have a smoke a hooker with yeah. in a dark tavern uh, in, yeah. in the bazaar. And, and you can tell he's a wise man. But what was your point? Oh, I was just talking about sacred geometry, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think in the OA they didn't show the face of the gunman? I don't know. Did you find yourself cringing at any point, harking back to um, bad drama exercises that you've done? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I could see that um, Jason Isaacs was a bit embarrassed and he was practising his movements. Yeah, do you think? After after observing them on the video. Right. (laughs) So there's two theories about the gunman. You either three theories. One, you either don't show his face because he's gonna he's someone significant. Two, you don't show his face because he's just emblematic of the problem. That's why, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but my third option also I think has to be a part of that second one, maybe ten percent. What fucking expression would he show on his face? Yeah. You're an actor. What yeah. on earth could you do? to practically express this thing, which it's not about facial expressions, is it? It's about uh, symbols standing up against another symbol. It is. I mean, the, the, somebody else who had been present at the time would have said, yeah, and, and the gunman stopped because he just thought, what What are those five people doing? Yeah. And that's all. They, they seem to, to know each other's moves. It's just like some kind of dance class. How dare they? Do you know what I'm going to do? 
and it popped these five in the head first. Oh, fuck, I just been tackled from behind. <laughs> I, I forgot about the uh, assistant cook. He's a fucking hard lad. <laughs> uh, he's, he's not on one of the academic courses, is he, the assistant cook? And he, he's failing it quite miserably. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can't think of an option of what he could have done with his face. He'd shown surprise initially. He would have been, even if he then sank down into the ridiculousness of his face acquiring some kind of oh, there's something going on inside me. And I'm being compelled to aim the gun at the floor. I can't, can't put my arm. Before that, there'd be an angle. What's going on here? Huh? Which would have been comical and destroyed the duration of drama that we were. So again, my overall point from that to the ALS to everything is that if you take it literally, it's either insulting or comical. Yeah. You're either saying you can cure terminal disease or you can stop a gunman from shooting a school by dancing. I suppose that is feasible. Uh, the gunman one is a bit more feasible. Well, I, I remember thinking to myself, when the gunman had just walked through the door and the, the teacher looks over to one of the others crouched under the table and nods at him. Yeah. And I thought to myself, oh no. <laughs> oh no, it can't be. They're going to get up and start doing these movements. Fucking <laughs> hell. Uh, you know. uh, I mean, the thing is, the effect of the movements in the story that, that we are looking at doesn't accrue straight away. You, you've, got, you've got to be at it like 20, good 20, 30 seconds before any benefit is felt. Yeah, that's right. And if I had been one of them, one of those five acolytes there thinking, I think, ah, oh, no, yeah, unfortunately it's not going to work in this instance because we're all going <laughs> to, you know, have a cap popped in our heads before we get anywhere beyond the fourth movement. Yeah, it's going to take ages. <laughs> Maybe the five of us can rush the bastard. 